Welcome to At The Vanguard. We're TB Vanguard, and our motto is for fans, by fans. We showcase fans on the front line of the Team Greasy movement. This podcast is an open forum to discuss current topics as they relate to Chris Brown and his fan base. Nikki, and I am calling in from the Midwest. These here, who, who else do need to introduce themselves? Tammy from New York. Hey, Tammy. Okay. April, um, Texas. Okay. Hey, April. Calling in from Texas. And then we've got, I don't know if Paula can hear us, but Paula's calling in from the East Coast as well. Okay. So this is our second podcast. I'm, um, Nikki and I'm going to be doing the, the moderating. I don't. I think you guys saw that we had a few um, questions that we sent out earlier in the week that we kind of wanted to focus on for our podcast. Since Tammy, um, you're joining us, did you get to see "Welcome to My Life"? Yes, I did. If you, if I you seen like, it the uh, first time. <laughs> Not the second. Oh, you did. Okay. Okay. Was there anything that you um, wanted to share that you liked about it? Well, I liked everything about it, but uh, <laughs> um, what really uh, uh, I was really stuck on is the fact that Chris Hill won't say who the girl was that he was uh, he had an affair with or whatever, and you know that's. If I, I was thinking at first maybe he didn't want to say the name because you know of a, a case of a lawsuit, yeah, in case of a lawsuit, or I, I'm just wondering why he, you know, still he hasn't um, actually said the person's name or the lady's name or the girl's name as he said that he was having an affair with. Oh, oh, oh that that he was with prior to before the relationship. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Because right, yeah, I, I do remember that piece. Yeah, I think people have put two and two together. Okay, all right, cool. So, um, one of the things that we wanted to do for this particular podcast was focus on um, with it. At the time, it was really close to Father's Day, and so we wanted to focus on fatherhood for young fathers. Right. And of course, you know, Chris is a father as well. So we had a few questions that we threw out on our timeline for those that follow us on social media. And um, one of them in particular was focusing on a two-parent household. And Paula was actually going to um, speak a little bit about that. question specifically was... Do you believe that two, the two-parent family is always the best structure? I think it's the um, the always that probably would make you make me want to say no. But I actually am a very strong believer in the two-parent structure. I not just because I well maybe it's because I came from one, but also um, I also chose uh, not to have children because I didn't get married. Now, of course, <laughs> many people can have children who have children without being married but that was my choice my personal choice because I be, believe so strongly in it um, but of course 
it's not always functional. So that's, I guess that's the question that, that, that comes up uh, from, from the documentary and just from life itself. Um, did anybody have an opinion on that? Want to share their opinion? Well, this is Nikki. Um, I also grew up in a two-parent um, family household. And I do remember briefly when uh, my parents separated, what that was like for me. Mm-hmm. And having and they got back together, of course, but having to go through that as a young child. And, you know, um, and they they didn't live far from each other either. I could walk to my dad's house. But still, it's it's a completely different environment when you're used to having, you know, both of your parents there. Then all of a sudden you're going to see your dad on the weekend or, you know, what have you. It's a completely different structure. And I enjoyed growing up in a two-parent household. But I know, you know, again, that's not always, like you said, functional. And it's not always appropriate for certain circumstances. You know, it's, it's different for everyone. But I definitely yeah. do believe if you have two parents that are willing to work together and provide love and a stable, consistent foundation for their family, then that's always going to be a bonus. Uh, and that's an uh, Well, I, uh, Tammy. Hi, Tammy. Uh, I, uh, hi. I grew up in a two-family household, but not for very long. Um, my parents separated when I was very young. And my father was a real, real hardliner, so I did not want them to get back together. Um, maybe that's the naive way of thinking of things as a kid, but that's how I actually felt. Um, I love my father dearly, I love my mother dearly, but my father was really, really a hardliner, and so was my grandmother, so um, it worked out for me that way, but... Uh, um, yeah, I love both my parents um, to death. And I don't really like, you know, I believe it's very important, even though I didn't really feel any differences because my dad was all, all, always there. Now, maybe if he hadn't been in the, uh, the picture as much as he was, then I probably would feel differently. But uh, he was there. He just wasn't inside the home. So mm-hmm. I really don't um, have any... Uh, any uh, you know issues with uh, growing up without having both parents inside the household because I didn't (laughs) well right he was still so involved so you didn't feel a difference because he was still so involved right 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 and I preferred it that way because my dad was really 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 strict oh well right okay anybody else hi bro And I started out in a single-parent household with my mother, and she did wind up getting married. And so I felt like the me and my mother had a much better relationship before she got married, mm-hmm. and it really changed after. And my quality of life changed. So, me, yeah, I think it really depends on. It just really depends on what kind of mother or single parent you are when it comes to your child. 
So I, I, I just think it's, you know, I, I'm married and I do have, you know, children with my husband and, and we are a two-parent household. And like you, Paula, I would have never, ever gotten married had I, I would have never, ever had kids had I not got married. Okay, um, you're with me, yeah. So I, yeah, I absolutely <laughs> agree with that. Yeah. Um, I have a sister who is a single parent and she struggles. She struggles. Um, I can see the struggle. I can see how much harder things would have been. She has to do, you know, be mom and dad. Um, and she looked up by having two girls versus having a boy. Um, which I think it's a little bit harder when you don't have a dad around. To provide that discipline for that child. But, um... I definitely, I just think it depends on the heart of the person. I mean, if you are coming from a good place and you accept this woman's child when you're coming to the relationship, you're okay that she had children with someone else, then you should, you, you know, you should be, you know, building that family up, not tearing it down. So mm -hmm. I think it just depends on the heart and the spirit of the person. Mm -hmm. Totally agree with yeah. that. Definitely agree with that. And I, I think I noticed too that even though I really enjoyed my parents being together, I didn't like necessarily understand. I'm sorry, this is Nikki. I didn't necessarily understand why they split when they finally, um, not finally, but when they took that brief separation for, for, you know, almost a year. I didn't get it, but I really remember enjoying spending that time with my mom, just the two of us. And then we finally got back together as I got older I could see what the issues were <laughs> so but I think sometimes too we don't always as kids we don't always understand the dynamics of what's really going on we just for those of us that are used to a two-parent house so we just want that because that's what we're used to but as we get older we're able to function you know either way as long as we have that strong support and our parents are you know involved but I have seen you're in too, April, even in, within my own family and, and or, um, extended family, you know, relationships where one of the parents already has kids and meets someone else and has kids with them. And then they're more focused on their kids with them and not with the other children that they have. Correct. Just, yeah. I was very envious growing up. Um, when I saw people who had very good, when they were able to be from a great family, I was very envious of friends of mine who had great relationships with their mom and their dad, and it just seemed so, it's just so storybook. Right. Know, I really was. Sure. And I knew that when I got ready to, you know, get married and have children of my own, that mm -hmm. I would provide the, the same dynamic for my children. Okay. This is Jandy. Um, I think it, and just kind of, because I work with kids and families, and I, I think it kind of, I think it really just depends on, you know, if if people are are married and, and things kind of fall apart, I, I, I kind of have seen, like, both sides of that. Sometimes it's, a lot of people will try to stay together just because of the kids, but, mm -hmm. but kids are so much more perceptive sometimes than what we give them credit for. And I think sometimes mm -hmm. that can end up being a lot more harmful 
than if you just, you know, you go ahead and, and go your right. separate ways and then try to co-parent the best that you can. A lot of time, some people do a real good job at that, and then some people don't. They're very immature, and they end up pitting the kids against each other, and it becomes World War III. Um, that's a bad situation. But, you know, if it's, I think it just kind of has to be what works, you know, for each individual situation. But mm-hmm. when you're not in that two-parent household situation, I guess it's you just have to, again, kind of co-parent and got to remember, be the adult and not, you know, putting your child against the other one or, you know, well, what's going on? You know, kind of question them. Well, you're at your dad's, you know, well, who's he seeing? Or when you're there with mm-hmm. their mom, your mom seeing and, you know, just putting that child in the middle. You got to remember it's for the best interest of the child and um, not doing that to them because that, that's the worst. But sometimes people forget that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They do. They definitely do. Okay. Would anyone else like to um, add anything or add their thoughts as far as um, what they believe regarding a two-parent family? If it's the best structure, or if it's not the best structure. I, um, Cammy, hey, I Cammy. really don't know if it is because you, you, you get, uh, as a child, you get so much from both parents, you know, um, even though as a child, I did not want my dad to come back, but my dad is my rock. Like I really look for look in a man. I look for qualities that my father possessed. Right. Like mm-hmm. my father was a real man. So any guy that ever dated, I'm 26. Any guy that I've ever dated has to possess some of my dad's qualities. You know, that's actually mm-hmm. what I look for in a guy. So, as my mom, she was like, super crucial for easy going. So, I'm actually mixed with both, my dad and my mom. So, I believe mm-hmm. it, it is very important. But for me, it really didn't have an effect. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> that okay. it had an effect on me because uh, I wasn't raised in the household with both my mom and my dad. But mm-hmm. um, it, just, it depends on uh, uh, each individual. It depends on the individual and actually your parents. Like, what kind of parents do you have? Are they, you know, are you, are the, is the child able to see the mom and the dad as much as possible? You know, mm-hmm. it depends on the situation and trying to make a better situation for the child or the children is best. And that's, not, that's easily something done because... A lot of times relationships do not want... Okay, for example, Chris. And, um, yeah, like, yeah. I always see their pictures, and I always think, like, I wish, you know, they could have one birthday party together. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I just feel like that. Just one, I would like to see her video, even though I, you know, don't care for mm-hmm. her too much. But when I'm looking mm-hmm. at the pictures, I would like to see her at least at one party or Chris at one party at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can you can see that. But I think Mm -hmm. I think he did that. He he did make a conscious decision. He he said to keep it separate. I I think parts probably in the beginning because they didn't get along. I think they seem to be getting Mm -hmm. along better now, as far as I can tell. But 
I think it was it was to keep any confusion. So, um, so they co-parent, but very much separately. And I agree, it's a, it a little sad that they have she has two parties. But you know, for her, she's you know she's having two great parties. So you know, that, mm -hmm. I guess it's good in, in that <laughs> sense. I mean, she's yeah. she's getting it all. <laughs> she's getting it all. But, <laughs> But I think the key, uh, Jenny, for your situation is—it's not just uh, your situation, but a lot of people. When it's when, even though your father was not in the home, you, you got—you never lost having, you never missed having two parents because they were both still involved. And I think the the reason I was so against having children as a single parent is that I've uh, I've seen in my family and and, and even, even now with, with as an adult with friends that so many men can walk away from their children and not look back. And maybe they're an adult, you're graduating from college and they show up at the graduation or that kind of thing. I've seen that. And I and I just did not want that for any child that I had. And so, and, and growing up, and I had a great, great daddy, I had a daddy, you know, and, and um, my father lived to be 91. He, he just, just died up a few years ago. He was always, like you say, my rock. Yeah, and I believe you know. Thank you, and and I and and he taught me many life lessons. But if your father's around, just like like you said with and Chris, if your father's around, you don't. I don't think you have that loss. You know, um, you don't right. have that loss well, of it. Yeah, because so many I think part do. of it. I think part of the problem too is that it seemed like it started off really smooth with Chris and me, and then she was still with the, her boyfriend. Oh yeah. And then it yeah. seemed like they were trying to get notoriety and shine and all mm -hmm. that. And I think that's when Chris pulled back and said mm -hmm. he didn't want to be a part of that. You know, Loki's mm -hmm. still young, so there's still an opportunity for them to mend that. Yeah. But I think you know everything was smooth. Everybody had their own separate lives, and it seemed like things were going to work out perfectly. But, you know, she was with that guy and he was trying to, you know, act like he was a father figure and do it publicly. And she was mm -hmm. doing things publicly too. And I think that's what pushed him away from wanting to have it be co-parenting or partnering together. So they could probably work it out. Because Joyce and everyone's close with me. Yeah. And that's important too. That, so. That's, yeah, that's a good point too. I've noticed that the, the grandmothers um or have you know or are, are close and royalty's actual parents you know as engaged with each other as um at the moment her grandmothers both of her maternal and paternal grandmother are you know they're all they're all they all seem to be a lot closer than they were in the very beginning so that's good yeah. to see yes yeah. well, the, the grandmother kind of went out there too and saying Remember everything from social, on social media. She was mm -hmm. saying, oh, he's security, he's private school. What was I even wanting to go? I remember that. Yeah. So I think that turned him off. And maybe they can all come together in the future, but they started mm -hmm. off wrong. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely did. Okay. That's D Talk. D, we're saying, say, say your name. That was D Talk. Oh, and, and it's D, but this, let me see. I know Tammy. Hey, Tammy. So let's move on to our second question that we had put out there earlier in the week, and that is: Is a support group important for fathers? Um, I think a support group is very important in general. There's, you know, now there's so much information out there about parenting, but it's still, you know, it's still 
doesn't necessarily go the way it's written in a book. So anyone that you can have around you that can offer you positive support and just give you encouragement, especially when you need it, you know, you're going through something that you've never gone through before and raising a child, whether you're in a relationship or not in a relationship with their mom, you need that additional support. It's hard to do that, you know, in, in my opinion. So what do you guys think about that? Yeah, and I think especially with kind of young fathers, because like Chris is, Chris is, we was what, 25, he's 28 now, but the young fathers in particular, I mean, not all of them um, that are fathers, are, are young fathers, have had fathers in their lives. So they're sort of feeling their way and learning. And so I think it's good for them to uh, interact and support each other, sort of learn how to be a father, you know? Mm -hmm. okay. that's, that's, that's true too especially you'll see um, children once they become older they, they're a parent the way that they were parented and I'm not necessarily talking about discipline I just mean in general Yes. and sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes that's not a good thing so you don't necessarily know that there are other ways you know, to do things so just again having that support as a young dad or even just as a first time dad you know, you, 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 you really will benefit from having that. I, um, Cammie, <laughs> I think that, uh, a, a support group is great for, um, young fathers or fathers in general, because especially those fathers who don't have, like, uh, good jobs or, their finances mm -hmm. aren't together. I think it's extremely important for them because I always see like a lot of celebrities, like you'll see Ice Cube and Snoop Dogg, like, you know, they've been married for years and raised and really good fathers and also Chris. And it has a lot to do with, you know, being able to take care of your family. And I, I think that yeah. some men that can't take care of their family or don't you know, have good jobs or their financing or they don't mm -hmm. have, you know, enough money mm -hmm. to do so they think to don't come around. Mm -hmm. Yes. For those stressors, you know, yeah. those life stressors. Yeah. yeah. And maybe a support group would, you know, be able to to help them because even though you don't have the finances, you know, children really don't know about that. That's they true. just know they're with their dad or they're mm -hmm. with their mom, you know, and that's mm -hmm. more important than anything. Yeah, it is. Totally. It is. I agree with that. This is Jandy. I, I agree. I think that support groups for dads are, are great because there's, first of all, kids do not come with instruction manuals when they're born. Right. And he's anymore, like with all the technology and stuff that kids have got access to, um, they have ways to get into so much more trouble now. <laughs> um, and, you know, just, you know, you can, it's more than just, you know, you can't just like ground them from one thing and then they've got so many more ways to go behind your back and get into trouble with stuff now. But, um, and the other thing too is there's so many resources for mothers mm -hmm. um, because it's just the expectation is that if if a child, if both their parents are not together um, and there is that separation, that the child will be with their mother and that's who will be the primary caretaker. So mm -hmm. 
there's there's all these community things for for moms but you know the dads are just kind of the ones that are involved in their child's life and they are doing things they're just kind of left hanging so any any resource support group or whatever yes they i think that is a great thing for them so that's a great point I also agree, this is April, that support groups are very beneficial and even having a great network of people mm-hmm. um, who you can ask questions of, just like he has Jamie Foxx, he also has um, Usher, and some of those people that he can talk to, and um, I thought it was pretty neat that he spent his Father's Day with a, other, you know, a group of friends who were also fathers, so I thought that was mm-hmm. pretty um, yeah, I remember that. That was Absolutely. great. Well, so I do notice that, like you said, it's not as much support for dads. Right. Hopefully that will change, although it does seem like, at least with celebrities in the court system, dads are starting to, you know, things aren't always necessarily going the mom's way. Um, as far, you know, as far as custody battles and things like that. So right. maybe with that, they'll start opening arenas for, you know, different avenues so that guys can get the support that they need in raising their children even hair shops like little little networks so that they can learn how to comb their daughter's hair oh yeah which chris has officially learned now he can put it in a ponytail oh really (laughs) (laughs) he can remember he showed us on instagram he can put his baby's hair in a ponytail that's important that's a breakthrough my dad i have too much hair he he could not put my hair in a ponytail but he tried so <laughs> any any kind of support that they can re- receive is, is is awesome so yeah. that's that's good that we that we agree on that i think one of our final questions that we have is um how important is a relationship with your bi- biological father and i believe d has some thoughts that she wanted to share about that d yeah, I think the one thing that I kind of wanted to talk about is tying that back to the documentary. And, mm-hmm. you know, Chris does have a relationship with his dad, his biological dad. Um, but it was the stepfather that had a very negative impact. And and again, you know, at least Chris knew his, his biological father, but a lot of people struggle with not knowing who their biological father is. And that's, mm-hmm. for some people, that seems to be something in the back of their mind that they always have to deal with. It was just, it, it's worth kind of back to the documentary. If he, he could have gotten out of the situation a lot sooner, I think it would have helped him from a mental health perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is Nikki. I do agree with that. I do remember his mom doing an interview for Sister Sister Magazine. She talked about that in a way. She stated that Chris always thought his dad was too strict. And that initially um, he stopped wanting, and this was when he was about nine, he stopped wanting to go over there because his dad was so strict and his mom was more of a um, kind of play and be your friend. Um, They had that kind of relationship, you know, where dad wanted him to do chores and um, build that kind of responsibility and mom was a little more laid back, so. But I definitely agree with you. I was, yeah, I thought about you. I thought about you um, when I was remembering that. I was like, yeah. <laughs> My dad was but, great. But I bet now that he knows that he, he appreciates it more. I'm sure he does. You know, when you when you're little, all you know is that, you know, oh, God, here he comes. Yeah, that's you know, true. 
it's, and I think it's because your mom, your mother is so easy going, you know, and your dad that's like, oh no, it's not, this is not going to happen, you're going to do this, I want this done, and like, you know, paying off the chassis, so, you know, you have your mom, you know, you want to be with mom more, so, but as you get older, it's, 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 I don't look at my dad the way I did when I was younger. <laughs> Yeah, but I still I still can't talk to my dad in any kind of way. Oh no! Like, yeah. Even though sure. I'm on the show. Yeah. Like he just my dad is just not having it. <laughs> yeah. That's like, fine. Who, who you think you're talking to? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, so you're like, never you're so. never yeah. You're always his baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> okay. you know, I you never get to be an adult to your parents. You really don't. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this is April. I never met my biological father. Mm. So I am one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't feel like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't think you can miss what you never had. So, I don't know, I just, you know, I never, you know, I, I could have always probably found him and searched him out but um you know I, I did have a grandfather I did have uncles who were very strong and very good male figures in my life so um and same thing with my husband he he, he did not have a biological father in his life as well so his mother was a single parent and she just didn't remarry uh, which I think um really was beneficial because she was able to focus on her kids and not try to manage that family dynamic um, mm-hmm. with that extra man there. So I don't know. Um, I think that it's good if you do have a good relationship. I think it's good that you, if you get to have a good relationship with your dad, I think that is very beneficial. I think it's very key. Um, but it's not something that's ever hindered me or kept me from being and, and doing what I want to do. Right. Now, I was just going to say, kind of going off of what April just said, I think that's, um, I think it's more off of how, I guess, the parent um, or whoever ends up raising the child, because sometimes grandparents end up stepping into that role. Yes. Um, if there's, you know, if there's other you know, male role models in that child's life are also how, you know, the people who do help raise that child end up, I guess, addressing that, you know, as to why the biological father is not around, um, how they help that child process that um, throughout that child's life and help them, you know, understand that, deal with that, move on with that. There are some kids who end up taking that you know very very hard and they just Mm -hmm. they never move past that and it just affects them their whole life and they just can't deal with it they can't handle it um Mm -hmm. for whatever reason but then there there are some who they have a healthy outlook on it and they're able to you know to handle it and just be like you know like one of the things Pac said my anger wouldn't let me feel for a stranger you know it just I think it's every situation again is different it's just how um, the other people in your life um, have helped 
you deal with it or or work around it or process it or whatever um you know it's and again if your biological data is in the picture but it's a negative um sometimes that can be even worse than them not being around at all um so i think it's it each situation is is different no, I, I agree with that. Yeah, it's, um, mm-hmm. but I think it, rather than uh, feeling like you're missing, I, I think what my point would be is not, not that you're missing something or that you would not, cannot flourish without, but I think it's just such an advantage when you do have it. My, uh, but, but I, because of my strong father, because of the way he made me feel about myself, but my, my self-worth, um, and I think that's an advantage that many fathers give, good, many good fathers give their daughters. I, d- I didn't take a lot of crap. I didn't stay when things didn't work out. I mean, especially when things, if things got ugly. I, I decided that, you know, I'm fine by myself, you know, and I, I wasn't, I wanted to be married. I wanted to have children, but I, I yeah, just, it just wasn't enough for me to, to put up with things that weren't ideal or, or to my advantage. And so I think that's the advantage that fathers or father figures, you know, whoever that may be, mm-hmm. give to especially daughters. And with sons, I mean, you know, that Jill Scott song, you know, I can't teach him how to be a man. I can do this, I can do that, but I can't teach him how to be a man. And that's and that's key for boys. And like you said, your sister was was lucky that uh, she had girls, you know, since the fathers, yeah. you know, wasn't willing to uh, be a part of their lives, which I, I never understood it, but that's, that's how it is. There's just men who can do that. They can just walk away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that it's very beneficial to have girls to have fathers in their lives because it teaches them, like you just said, what they will and won't put up with um, in those relationships. And it teaches them to want to not lower their standards. I definitely think that that is very beneficial for um, girls. Yeah, I struggle with having, you know, and I'm kind of glad my sister hasn't just went and married any old body um, just so her children have a father. She Mm -hmm. is the mother and father, and maybe because of the dynamic in our household is the reason why she hasn't done that. Right. Well, I was just thinking, though, <laughs> uh, if anybody got to see the documentary again, or I know uh, Dee got to see it again. I, they didn't, it didn't come back in my area. If they saw something different or were able to pay attention to something else, you know, what, what were your thoughts about it? Well, I saw it like three times. <laughs> I feel like I to see the, the sneak peek. And I, I think, you know, for a lot of people who are King Louisa, they wanted to know what happened in the car. You know, and then they wanted to know what was going on with the whole person who was texting Chris or emailing Chris. So this time around, though, since all those questions had been answered, I think I enjoyed it a lot better. And I was able to look at other things that were being uh, covered in the documentary. Mm-hmm. And I think the one thing that, that was really surprising is I realized how strong Chris is. And towards the end of the documentary you could see all the things he went through and you could see he was still a strong person and so since you know all, all those pressing questions were answered i was able to sit back and watch him a lot more hear more about his relationship with his daughter and that's going to be a big focus 
um, for him was his relationship with his daughter. So I definitely think we see it the next time. Since those pressing questions have been answered about what happened in 09, you're going to be able to enjoy the film a lot better and um, you'll get to see that there's been a progression. That's what I think. Yeah. I can agree with that. This is Nikki. I know that when I was watching it the first time, I was kind of on the edge of my seat and I get really weird when I, uh, I get secondhand embarrassment, so I was all worried and, you know, I was like, I need to be in Kleenex because I don't know what he's going to talk about and what I'm going to see. You know, and so there was one part that kind of made my eyes water, but outside of that, now I can watch it again, you know, and just enjoy it and just enjoy everything that I see versus just being on the edge of my seat because I don't know what he's going to, you know, say about anything. And then I can watch it again and again and again and again. So I'm looking forward to, (laughs) I'm looking forward to, um, it finally being available. I know everyone's, you know, pre-ordered it and stuff like that, but yeah. I'm looking forward to actually being able to just watch it whenever. Yeah, I also ordered the DVD, but that's sort of, I like, I'm, I'm still a little old school, I'm old, so I, I still like to have something concrete in my hand. So I, I've had the deep. I want the right. DVD. But that's I'll, what I want, yeah. Yeah, but I'll see the iTunes, but, but I ordered the iTunes too, I'll watch that. That's the one I'll probably watch, actually watch, you know, because you don't have to have a device or anything, but, um, but I, yeah, I, I really want to see it again and maybe see it with, my, actually my doctor, I went to the doctor on Wednesday, Wednesday <laughs> and my doctor is basically, she's team breezy. I, I know she, she shouldn't say that, but like, she was like, she's like, when can, okay, I missed it. I couldn't go that night. So when can I see this somewhere else? She's like really concerned <laughs> about it. I, I see that uh, Can't Stop, Won't Stop is going to be on Apple Music, I guess. I guess this, tomorrow, this Sunday of the, 20, okay. of the 25th. And I guess that's the format now for uh, some of these documentaries. They, because they, they did up showing, I believe in Harlem. I don't I don't know how big his uh, the showing was, because I don't think it was here. I, I definitely would have gotten to see it. But um, but it, but now it'll be on Apple Music. So that seems to be the new that's format cool. of being in the theater and okay. then available on um, iTunes, so. Well, does anyone have any finishing last words or anything that they wanted to share that they didn't get a chance to share? Jen? (laughs) I just, I guess the biggest thing I took away from the documentary was just Chris just has the most incredible strength probably of anybody ever I mean it would be hard going through everything that he has gone through and just your friends your close acquaintances your family knowing all that and getting up and keeping on every day and going on but I can't imagine getting up every day and turning on the TV or turning on the radio, um, smoke news, Chris Brown, you know, this, that, or whatever. (laughs) And every single day for the last almost 10 years, had to listen to that. And like every, every breath that man takes, somebody tries to twist it, turn it, and relate it back 
to a mistake that that man made when he was a child. Basically, he was only 19 years old. Mm -hmm. And he just, he's just, you know, he's, he sat back and he's just kept on getting up every day and going that much harder at work and just keeping on and keeping on. And how many people would have done that? So many people would have just laid down and quit yeah. or crawled into a bottle and just yeah. died. I mean, and I just, I was just blown away by that. I guess that's what caught me off guard the most about that after the documentary. And I was just like, wow. Just when I thought I couldn't love that boy anymore. <laughs> it's yeah. just... And that's I just, what a lot of people don't understand, I think. Like, a lot of people, they'll, they always say, oh, why do you uh, follow or you're a fan of Chris Brown? But, and some people say, oh, it's because, you know, he's a really great entertainer. And it's, it's, that's not the only thing. It's mm -hmm. like, he's a person that's gone through a lot of, of traveling tribulations in his life and he's overcome it like he's never given right. up he, he's always kept going and even the documentary and you know about him and Rihanna like the media they're so like biased and it mm -hmm. can really be a learning situation for a lot of young people now that are probably going through the same thing and instead of them dissecting what happened to teach young people that's probably going through that right now and also, instead, they want to put a negative, you know, tone to it and, you know, make up stories instead of actually, you know, making it a learning process for young, young adults and, you know, teenagers. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he also, you know, keeps going is very inspirational to a lot of us because if he can, you know, make mistakes in front of the whole world and his badge, like, Jan said for the past 10 years, then it gives everybody else, like, you know, an inspiration to follow their dreams too and not mm -hmm. to give up. You know? I mean, he's mm -hmm. doing it right in front of us all. Exactly. Yeah. And he's just, he is, he is like, there are so many different aspects. He's, he's truly, he is like a diamond because there's so many facets and aspects of, of, where he is like a role model that, and I don't even know that Chris even comprehends that. Like he struggled with, you know, like you said, with all that, like they could use that situation as a teaching moment for kids. Um, you know, just the, he's been through the, the, the sex abuse, the, the domestic violence in the home, like the trauma mm -hmm. with that, and that with his stepdad, like he, you know, the mental health stuff, like the everything, like there's just so many different things. And then, you know, he has his art, he has the, the dance, he has the music, the, the basketball, like he's got so many different coping skills and he uses all that, you know, I mean, he's just, there's just so many different facets to him. And it, it just, he just blows my mind. It just, it's unreal, but they don't, they don't use that and he could just they don't want to have a real conversation exactly yeah <laughs> they don't they, they don't because that documentary is so many things that you can really have a real conversation that's actually going on now or you know 
um, some girls or, you know, women or men that's keeping it a secret like they did. Yeah, like they've right. been fighting. You know, we had no idea until 2009, but they've been doing it so long. And what I got from that is that it was two young people doing adult things because they had the money so yes. they could go on vacation. They could go wherever they want, doing adult things, but they wasn't able to, you know, handle the adult consequences. Mm-hmm. Right. And Very true. they got themselves in trouble. Exactly. Well, I think one of the things that you guys brought up, though, is that, you know, people can have a conversation from the documentary because there's there's tons of things that haven't been explored to Kristen's benefit and explained, and there's a lot of things that people can learn from, and that's one of the reasons why we're doing the podcast. We're going to talk about a lot of the topics that were in that documentary and allow, you know, us as fans to talk about it, but also to get the word out because... As much as people are watching Chris, they're watching the fan pages as well. And I think when they see that we're talking about tangible things like domestic violence, molestation, single fathers, young fathers, you know, all the things that he's going through and that he can explore in the documentary through the podcast, it's going to actually have an impact on people. I mean, like right now, we're talking to each other. And I'm sure after we're through talking to each other, we're going to talk to our friends and family and try and, and get the word out and actually have an impact based on what we saw from this documentary that we wouldn't have done if we hadn't seen the documentary to push that and release it. I think that's something that we can do. Besides supporting him, you know, as an artist, we can also help tell his story. Um, <laughs> I think one of the problems that happened in 2009, I mean, many people had situations like them even even public figures that same year and it was ignored in particular um like uh john cornelius who was in his 60s but he had a domestic violence charge just a few months before the bet awards and they gave him like a lifetime achievement award or something like that that year i think the problem with chris is that is it's the whole thing of the what i call the not just i call but it's called the, the hive mind they just, it was decided by media, whoever, that he was going to be the example and he was going to be made into the monster. And that's maintained. People don't like to think for themselves. They want people to give them an opinion. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what we hate now. Okay, that's what we hate, okay. And they stick with that, that's, that's what they know. And so, I mean, that's why some of them didn't see the documentary. They see it and, and then they pull up something negative. There was one woman who, posted the smoking gun from 2009 where they where they had the uh police report which was a a false report anyway but um but that's the kind of thing that people do because they can't or don't want to think for themselves so he was a victim of the hive mind and the powers that be who decided that he was going to be the scapegoat and he didn't defend himself i mean for whatever reasons he had many reasons he had but he didn't defend himself made it even easier for them but what he didn't do was give up he tried all of that year to apologize nobody wanted to hear the apology and when he stopped i'm like i don't want to hear another apology from him and he and he didn't give another one that was good because i think they didn't want to hear it anyway they didn't care Mm -hmm. so he went on in his own way and he and he's gifted with so many talented talents that um they, I mean, they can't deny him. They, they, you know, they can be angry as they, they can be as angry as they want, 
as resentful. I saw someone when he posted one of his shows, I saw how many people were there like, how can he get that? I'm like, because he's talented, he's a great performer. How can he get that? <laughs> right. It's absurd. What a ridiculous right. question. That's that's that those people and, and media, like one particular media person who is supposed to be, you know, kumbaya and have people, you know, understand have therapy and all that, immediately was like he will hit you again and, and she ran to the front of the lynch mob when she saw it, you know, because oh, that was yeah. that was to her advantage. And and, and um, so yeah, that's but that's that's really the biggest uh, thing that happened to him was that he was made the scapegoat by the media and they decided to make him a monster. I agree with that. This is Nikki. I think too it was also a way to profit so many individuals were able to profit off of their situation by pretending that they care most of them did not care you know but it was a way to profit and use him as a scapegoat like you said however one of the best blessings that came from that in my opinion is his ability to persevere we got so much music from him in ways that we probably never would have gotten you know he the, the mixtapes the the videos it just because he was no longer able to be seen as the you know the the, the good the good boy it allowed him to really just say what the heck he wanted to say yeah and go about doing what he wanted to do to produce to write we we knew that he could do those things but he had just started doing those things but he still had those um he still had to be a little reserved even when lovey-dovey um uh not lovey-dovey what is that song i can't forget you know oh kiss kiss the song with he yes thank you kiss kiss when that came out it wasn't even supposed to uh be like that they had lyrics that were more adult and his manager at the time said nope you can't do that so once they kind of stripped him of that purity that they had for him um he was really able to, you know, there was really no rules unless he put rules on himself right. as far as the creativity and stuff that he could put out there. And I don't know if we would have gotten to see all the facets of him the way that we were able to see that yes. if that hadn't happened. Yeah, you know, like, because he was kind of forced to, he was kind of forced to pursue other things. Right. You know, and and and, and, and uh, because you know people weren't being accepting of him, so I we knew that he could draw, but the way that he was able to go about that and put that out there and and be so young and have his own his own art show, right. right? You know, so he was just he was able to really bring those talents to the uh, to the focal point in a way that I'm not sure he would have been able to do um, had they not outcast him like that. I agree. I totally agree with that. And, and, and another thing of the issue of business. I mean, he, there's some of these people that we that we see that people love to say, oh, they're billionaires. They, they don't really, they aren't really rich. They're rich, richer than us. But I'm just saying they're not really on, rich on the level that they pretend to. And sure. the thing with Chris, I mean, he's made ridiculous amounts of money because he's not just getting uh, uh, endorsement deals. He started Black Pyramids. Um, mm -hmm. I liked I liked the mechanical dummy name, but I'm I'm in the in the minority. But because um, I like the ethos of it, but because of that, he's got a multi million dollar company 
that he's getting profit from instead of just waiting for a check from a yeah from yeah because those I mean there those checks are a lot more money than we would ever see but not they don't get that much compared to what the uh, manufacturers get they they get a huge amount they might get five hundred million you get fifty thousand it's a lot fifty thousand is a lot of money but it's not really up living up to your potential and so because he does because of what happened he makes mi- tens of millions tens of millions instead of waiting for a check and having to you know play nice because you know oh well, we don't want you don't want to um, upset the sponsor you know so there's some there's been quite a few advantages. Sometimes God, you know, when he wants to give you what you want, he takes mm-hmm. away what you think you want. You know, and I really think that's the case mm-hmm. with him. I agree. I agree. Okay. This is like, bro, I think that, too, even with the negativity, you kind of have to, you know, it kind of amazes me that people have the capacity of negativity that they have. It's, it's really interesting. But it boils down to some people just like to be mean. Yes. And that's just what they are. Because they're mm-hmm. happy in their own lives. And we encounter that period. You're going to encounter that at work. You're going to encounter that at church. Mm-hmm. You encounter it um, off walks of life. He's just encountering it. And so is, I mean, I even looked at DJ Khaled. He, I mean, there was a whole bunch of negative stuff on him on social media this week. Um, they were bashing his his album. <laughs> like, <laughs> What is wrong with people? Why are you unhappy in your own situation that makes you feel so good to put down other people? So that's kind of how you got to look at the negativity. It has nothing to do with the object of the negativity. It has to do with that person. Mm-hmm. Right. Their own mm-hmm. um, inna- you know, in- inability to accept something that's going on in their situation or their life or something needs to be worked out there. And again, you know, like I, you know, I just kind of look at some of the stuff because there's so many more things that you can have a cause on. You know, you can, there is molestation going on. There is murders. We've been murdered every day. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just walking down the street and, you know, being murdered um, by, you know, just defenseless people who are being murdered. I, I, I follow a lot of crime shows, so I'm always looking at that and what's going on in the news. And, you know, people missing are just so many more things for mm-hmm. you to focus on. That it just amazes me how people have the capacity for the negativity that they do. But at the end of the day, um, he's good. I mean, he, he has to have a very strong spirit to be able to get past that type of negativity and, and really all of these stars they have to you just have mm-hmm. to have a little bit of a hard shell to protect yourself from from the haters and it's my favorite saying you know let those haters be your motivators right. so, <laughs> and you know that's just what it is you're just you know while you're sitting up here you know probably barely making it here i am on a whole nother pedestal so right. I'll, I'll never even read your silly comments so, you know what I'm saying? That's what it is really right. down to. And if people really thought about that, he's not even gonna read this. Right. <laughs> it will never. It will. He will never see your silly comment. But it's the people like me and you and all the rest of us who are, you know, I, I try to block them. Right. Um, 
and you know that's responding and kind of keeping that going you know and it's just better to just block them and keep it moving exactly mm-hmm. they're, they're not stopping his blessings that god has for him Nobody's stopping anybody else's blessings. No. <laughs> not at all. Not at okay. all. Not at all. Not at all. Did we just get anything a new... else? I'm sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just said, did we just get a new caller? I saw I think someone just came in. Do you wanna say hello we... to your name? That's that's true, Tammy. <laughs> oh. <No. laughs> oh you got you you got you got dropped out? Okay. I was just I was yeah. <laughs> Oh, hello again. Hi, Tammy. Hello. <laughs> Technology isn't perfect. That's that's the way it is. Things happen. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I just want to thank everybody for participating in our second podcast. This is the second one. Um, I've really enjoyed listening to all of your opinions about what we talked about and all of your insights. Um. And I hope you'll tune in uh, um, for the next one that we have as well. This is this is actually a really nice thing that we're doing, and it's great to just have that fan participation. Yeah. As we talk about our things that people. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, Dee, did you want to tell them a little, a little bit what we're going to talk about next week? Uh, we know what we're going to have to talk about next week. Chris is going to be performing on Sunday. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the DT performance. We're also going to talk about, um, you know, anything that happens as far as he's playing in that celebrity basketball game tomorrow. Yes. And we're just going to kind of stop and see, you know, how his performance is and what kind of feedback, positive, more so than negative, that he gets from the media and the other fan groups. Mm-hmm. Okay. What what time is the um, basketball game tomorrow? What what time is what chance is that going to be on BT? No, they should be streaming it. Okay, yeah, they, they, okay. they usually stream it, but it's supposed to start at eleven o'clock. It's an all day event this time, so it's at eleven o'clock and it's going to go until probably around four. At eleven a.m. Eleven Pacific time, right? Pacific time. Yeah. Yeah. Eleven eleven a.m. Eleven a.m. Pacific okay. time. Pacific, yeah, Pacific um, Standard Time. My time. Yeah. Okay. So noon for you, uh, um, April. April. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. And Nikki too, because Nikki's in the Midwest. And for yeah, for me it'll be. No, that's that's one for me. Is it? That's one for me. That's a two-hour time difference. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna try and see if I could stream it, but for some reason I've had problems with my phone service provider. I was trying to do some video from the, the um, concert that I went to both times, and I had to call on the phone with me. So I'm having problems with streaming, but I'm going to try to see if I can stream it or at least get part of the, the game so we can have it in a sense. That'd be good. I'll be are you going to the game? Yeah, I'm going to the game. And actually, I'm trying to see if I can... He's having a, a contest with, like, a pop-up shop that's going to happen tomorrow. There's a lot of activities that BT's having. And so he's having the Black Pyramid pop-up shop in the morning and most of the day, and then the game itself starts around 11. It might go later than that because they've got all this celebrity stuff going on. And then they're supposed to have a halftime show, and they haven't announced to the performer. But I'll be there. 
Yeah, that's the advantage no, of that's being in LA. Cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's all this exclusive stuff. Yeah. That we all that we all get to see. So. <laughs> You guys want me to stop anybody? You guys want me to do any damage to anybody over there? Do you need to tell anybody out or take a request? Stick your foot out. Stick your foot out. Trip somebody up. Absolutely. Absolutely stick your foot out. Trip somebody. Well, they don't even need to be there. Somebody. So anyway. Right. Couple somebody. I saw him play basketball in Atlanta a couple of years ago when he was at the Luda Luda Day thing for Labor Day. He's he's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're hoping he's gonna bring royalty this time, like he did the last. I think the last time he played at the DC yeah. uh, celebrity game. Remember that's the first time he saw royalty out in yeah. the game. So maybe he was, was that BET? Nice. Was that BET that mm-hmm. he did that? Or was that the Big Boy game? Or maybe that. Maybe it was, nice. maybe it was the Big Boy. But that's, yeah, that's, that's the first time. Oh. Yeah. Be nice if he brought it though. Yeah. yeah. That was so be big. Nice. Okay. That would be really sweet. Make it a tradition. Right. Would well, D? Yeah, I agree. D or Paula? Well, is there anything else you 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 want to say? No, I just want to thank everybody for participating the way you did. I'm just, <laughs> everybody came in and you know came in strong, so I appreciate that. That was great. Right. Awesome. It's dumb that I can't get on. I'm trying to help. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what eventually uh, you got on, on though. I, I told oh. them, I told them, 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 you know. I think they're a little yeah. confused with the, uh, the website. <laughs> um, uh, oh. Well, you know, there's an app that we use, too. What is it, Paula? What's the app? GoToMeet? What's the app called? GoMeeting? GoToMeeting, yeah. They, they, they do have an app. GoToMeeting? Mm-hmm. in the play store so that might be something um that might be easier for them to do next time if they if they if they want to um be oh, a part okay. of the cast as well uh, yeah. that's what i do that's what I click on that yeah, link to download that app because mm-hmm. that's what i have i have the app so mm-hmm. every time you log on it'll just all you gotta do is click on the link and it takes you straight there yeah right yep once you once you download the app so Great, great. All right, everybody. Thank you for participating. And then hopefully you will all join us when we um, have our third podcast focused on the BET Awards, because I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun stuff to discuss. <laughs> um, <laughs> it always is. <laughs> yeah, they do. Remember, right. the first show, remember the first show is live. <laughs> the first show. Oh. Yeah, it is. It is. That's true. That's true. That's right. Yeah, yeah it is. Definitely it always is. For that one. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And then they'll have, yeah, and then they'll have all those interviews afterwards. I'm, I'm excited to see Leslie Jones, though. I don't, um, I've never seen her. Oh, she's going to host the BT Awards. Is the same oh, name right, Leslie comedian. Jones? The comedian. Yeah, she's hilarious. Yeah. 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 That'll be fun. I haven't seen her oh, host yes, the show, yes. so that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they tried somebody cool. different this time. I agree. Mm-hmm. Oh, April, thank you for all your help helping get the, the the agenda and all the help that you did this morning. I appreciate it so much. Absolutely. We appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. Anytime. Thanks for joining us on this episode, and we hope you join us again at the Vanguard.